0: Wow, good morning. Good Sunday morning because every Sunday is a good morning, amen? It's great to see. I can tell you how glad I am to see you. Now, I know we're practicing that social distancing. I guess that's SD. When I say SD, I don't mean social disease. I mean, so, <laughs> I mean social distancing. I'm, I know we're doing that, but I want to just grab all of you and hug you this morning. I'm so glad to see you. Um, it's been an incredible experience. And through it all, God is doing something in the church. And he's doing something with you. And I want to, this morning, continue where we left off last week. But I want to I want to do this a little differently this Sunday morning. I want to play for you um, a social media clip that I felt was apropos to what God has been speaking to us and speaking to his church. And so I'd like you to... Give attention to the screen this morning. And then after that, I'm going to give us some instruction. I believe the Lord will help us to go forward in his plan for what he's doing in this time and in this hour.
1: What's up guys, I just finished jogging. So I go to go to the bank and they're still not open because of, well, you know, COVID-19. I'm like, okay, so I gotta go through the drive-thru. Well, those of you who know me, you know I drive a rather large vehicle see here it doesn't fit through the drive-thru so obviously if I can't fit through the drive-thru to go through the drive-thru I have to walk so I got out of my car parked my car got out of my my car walked around to the drive-thru and as I was walking up to the drive-thru I noticed people that were doing their banking in the drive-thru were looking at me kind of funny and I was like hmm uh, okay this is not this is kind of hostile and this one lady all the way closest to me when I stepped in line behind her car, cause I was standing in line to like hold my place in line, um, started like moving faster. And I was like, oh my gosh, she thinks I'm gonna rob her. And then there was this guy in this pickup truck and he was just looking at me and he was looking at me and he wouldn't stop looking at me. And I was like, oh shoot, he thinks I'm gonna rob him too. Dang, look at all this racial prejudice going on here. I've never experienced anything like this. And then as I'm walking up to my turn because the third lane was open, so I walked up and started doing my banking. They both seemed to relax, but the guy kept staring at me and he rolled down his window and I was like, oh no, here we go. And he said, Joel. And I was like, what? How does this guy know my name? And he said, hey Joel, I watch your videos online and I wanted to know if you could come over and trim my tulip tree. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, let me get a card out of the truck. So he Went through the bank line and waited by my truck and I gave him a card. And I'm going to trim his tree. They say that when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Now, I didn't make an ass out of you and me. I just made an ass out of me. That was just dumb. I assumed that these people were racist and prejudiced against me because of the color of my skin. Or because I was walking and they were in their car. I don't know. But that was wrong. The the man just wanted to get a business card. I made an assumption about the man that was wrong. And when you go around in life making assumptions of people and assuming people are racist without any evidence, then in your mind, because they're racist, anything they now do is seen through the racist glasses that you've put on yourself. We need to stop accusing people of being a racist without evidence. That's That needs to stop and we need to stop assuming the worst about people in general. I mean, Dr. King himself said darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. The same goes for racism. Racism cannot drive out racism. If you're racist against white people, you're not going to eradicate racism because you yourself are a racist. Just like I saw this picture right here. It's a bunch of militant black people harassing white people, demanding reparations. Guys, you're the same as the Klan intimidating people. You can't do that. That's racist. It's mind-blowing to me. I can say with certainty that we have a serious problem in America with sin. It's a sin problem, not a skin...
0: Curious this morning, has, is Joel's testimony anywhere close to what has happened to you? Has you ever, have you ever assumed that they're treating me this way because of the way I am, or the way I look? Have you have you and then only to find out that where their minds were were totally different than what you personally experienced? I'm, I'm just curious this morning with you. Um if that's been your case, would you, maybe you can't touch, but would you look at that person next to you and give affirmation? Um, would you give affirmation that, uh, yeah, man, you know, that kind of happened to me before. Uh, and those of you that are, on, yes, thank you. And those of you that are online, would you just put something in there, type it in into the place where you can where you can communicate, type in, yeah, that's me. That happened to me. Raise your hand if that happened to you before. The only one, no. Anybody just assumed and only to find out it was totally different. The, The Bible has so much to say about what we're facing in our nation. It's not that it just appeared, it's always been here, but the situations that, have, that we've seen on social media, the voices that we've heard along with the media that is overhyped over this issue, by the way. But we have become more aware of our relationships to each other and how people are looking at us. And we in the body of Christ, I'm here today to tell you that in the body of Christ, God has given you and I the answer. In fact, not only has he given us the answer, he has commissioned us to do something about it. And I want you just for just a brief moment this morning to take a look at something that the Apostle Paul did when he was traveling throughout the churches. In fact, in this letter, it's amazing to me how he, he he's fighting, warring against the same three things in huge categories that we are warring against today. He's warring against the three big the three big elephants that are in, uh, in most people's rooms, particularly publicly. He's warring against racial prejudice and division. He's warring against social economic pressures and divisions. And he's warring against gender issues. Those three categories, if you'll just think about it, hold, are, all three are powder kegs of division and unfortunately, the media that we are exposed to plays these cards over and over and over and over again, to, as if to say to us, this is something that's so pervasive, nothing can be done, or whatever could be done is so radical and that until it, it impacts the same people who are affected negatively. Negatively. The apostle Paul, he addressed it in all through the New Testament. The letters in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, testify to such. In fact, let me read what Paul says to the church at Galatia. He said, this is an amazing thing to me. He said, for you are all sons of God. What an audacious statement. For all of you are sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Why is that? Because all of us who are in Christ were baptized into Christ and we have clothed ourselves with Christ. Wow. And then he says in verse 28, 3:28 of Galatians, he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. And this division of Jew and Greek is a way of saying if you're Jewish you're supposed to be in, if you are Greek or non-Jew you are supposed to be out. And those huge divisions existed, even in the days when the scriptures were penned. No, he said, in Christ, in Christ, I'm erasing this category of Jew and Greek. And not only, when I'm, not only am I doing that, I'm erasing the category of slave or free. And I've gone beyond that. And I'm saying that there is neither male nor female. Boy, that's, talk about, has anybody here run into gender issues in the last six months has anybody used the wrong pronoun you should be laughing yes in, in an attempt to try to be amiable in an attempt in an attempt not to offend people you don't know it today we don't know what pro, we don't know what pronoun to use as a regards to gender because it seems like every week there's a new category Jesus addresses the division of males and females and everything else in between. And and Paul said, in Christ, I'm going to erase these barriers of division. I'm moving this Jew or Greek. I'm going to take that out of the way. I'm moving this social high and low slave or or, or free man, you know, businessman or blue-collar worker. I'm removing that. I'm, I'm taking out of the way this division of male and female in Christ Jesus. So when, the, when he does that, it's an amazing thing. You should know this. The day that Paul wrote, uh, it, this was a common prayer. This blew my mind. There was a common prayer. And the common prayer was that if you were a Jewish male uh, and if you were one who followed the law, who, were, who was, i use the term religious, if, if you were. In, in the in crowd, if you were with God, this is what they prayed. I couldn't believe it. Check it out. They would pray to God and they'd say something like this. They'd say, I thank God that thou hast not made me a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. I couldn't believe it. It's noted in history. That's the way they prayed. Because that, those three categories I named, every one of them were on a lower and lower and lower category in terms of cloud, in terms of acceptance. And they caused division. Men looked at women horribly. Women were nothing more in the day that the scriptures were written. They were nothing more than like cattle, I'm sorry to say. Women were a place where you planted your seed and hopefully you got the next generation and hopefully that generation was a male. And if not, and if you didn't like it, you could easily get out of the situation by simply saying, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. Talk about, talk about degrading. That's the day in which the scriptures were written. There there wasn't anybody on the totem pole lower than a woman, oh my God, or worse than that, a slave woman. I want to say to you today that the divisions that we're experiencing that we don't sometimes even talk about are not new to God. They are not new to the scripture. For a second, for a few moments, maybe we can receive some light and some help And maybe you can stand up in the place that God has made you to remedy the situation that you are walking in, living in, touching every single week. (laughs) It's amazing to me that Paul, he cuts across these divisions and he does so with with grace and and with insight and with power. And he destroys what in those days would be considered spiritual privilege, a word that is being tossed around in circles and used as issues of division. That people who are born into their skin be black, white, Hispanic, Asian. You're born into your skin. You have nothing to say about that. There are some things that God determines for you and I that we have no control over. We do not control when we come on the planet. We do not control who are our parents. We do not control the environment in which we come into the world. We don't control the economic status that we are born into. You are born to whom you are born. And thank God because if God didn't want you here, you wouldn't be here. And by the way, since you are here, look at your neighbor and say, thank God you're here. You must be somebody special. We are here by the grace of God. We can't control the city, the town, what our parents are like. They got commercials today that are cursing students for becoming like their parents. And in the commercial, they say, well, you can't help from becoming like your parents. It's amazing. It's amazing how the culture looks at these three divisions and treats them as fatalistic, unable to change. But God, when he speaks out of his word, it is a different program altogether. It's, 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 as Jesus said, it is light speaking from darkness and illuminating and giving us understanding so we understand who we are, what we are to do, and the God that we're to serve. And so Paul, he writes to them and he ad- attacks immediately this issue. By the way, he sees Uh, The Apostle Paul sees these three divisions as hindrances to the gospel. When 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 you blow up these issues, you actually hinder people from receiving freedom. Freedom does not come by changing the melanin in your skin. Freedom does not come. By straightening or cutting your hair off, freedom does not come. Freedom does not come by trying to change your gender. The Apostle Paul, when he speaks to it, he speaks to it with authority. And when he says, when he says, there, these things are eliminated in Christ, he's very specific. He said, You are, now that you're in Christ. You are one person before God. When you come into Christ, something transpires spiritually, and yes, physically. I'm just not talking about that yet. Something happens to you when you come into Christ. When the, some of some of the some of the writers use the term, when you are born again, when you have a spiritual transformation because you've heard the message. For just a second, explore these three differences. First, he says there's no distinction in race. There's neither Jew nor Greek. God called Abraham, who was a Jew, he called him um, and he said, You, Abraham, you and all your descendants will be a blessing to every family group in the world. You go back to Genesis 12 and you hear the Lord say, give a a prophetic word to Abraham. Though he is born in the skin and the genes of the Jewish culture, even so, he said, you, sir, are going to be an answer. What comes out of your lineage, what comes out of your loins, is going to be the answer to every family that ever comes. God never was, God never was, a racist tell you never God never was a racist (laughs) but he uses the races for his glory and he goes on and he says Abraham your seed in your seed by your seed because of your seed talking about his progeny talking about that which comes out of him he says all the families of the earth shall be blessed this includes every nation of every race every color every language and of course he's speaking of jesus christ who comes out of the lineage of abraham when jesus comes he's born in the skin of a jew but i tell you my friend even though he carries the genes of a jew in his heart he has the nations it is his focus it is his passion but all the sin of all the world is carried in him so that God does not have to, have to punish all of the nations. Every nation will have a chance to decide, you'll see this in the scripture, whether they are a sheep nations obe- obedient or a goat nation. And by the way, in case you've not figured it out yet, God is about the nations. Every nation, every division of man now on the earth is having to choose what system of belief, what economic system, what cultural nuance. They have to make a choice the way they're going to to go. God knew that Jesus would stand before every nation, giving them a, a, a fresh and a new choice. Abraham I know you're Jewish but you're going to bless everybody on the earth so he says he says equality in the fact that God offers us check this out we are all equal we're not equal please don't misunderstand the word equal we're not equal in terms of ability some people have more and less abilities than others and that's not what he's talking about we're not equal in stature others are short and tall God loves short people. Tell you neighbor what I said. He loves short people. Yeah, do.. Yeah. No, no, we're not equal. But but check this out. Check this out. Here's how we are equal. We're equal in the fact that we need salvation. We're equal in the fact that, that in our, in a, we're equal in our inability to earn salvation. You will not be saved because your mama said, I love Jesus. You will only be saved because you make a quantitative, qualitative choice to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Pull you out of your culture. Bring you into a whole different culture. It's called the culture of God's kingdom. See, the apostle Paul gets real specific with it. We are all equal in our inability to earn it. We're equal in the fact that God offers us to us, salvation, offers it to us freely without charge. And then he said, you know what? There's no rank in the kingdom that is exalting one person over another because they make more money. That changes in the kingdom of God. Slave or free is an economic, social issue that we face today. And how many of us have been prejudiced against the poor and preferential toward the rich? God wants to change that in your heart. The Apostle Paul says, you know, it is the gospel, the good news that brings, that levels the playing field and considers all men sinful. You know what I discovered? Something. If I put your head in a bowl of water and hold it there long enough, you'll drown. I said a bowl, a bowl of water. If I put your face in it your nose and mouth and it hold it in there long enough, you will drown. You can drown in the sea the same way. You can go to Florida where they, you know, they have masks at the beach where you enter and you take your mask off when you go to the shore. But, but I'll tell you what, if you get up under that water, you don't come up, you're gonna be dead. Why, that's like sin. Every human being, no matter whether you grew up in a high-class quote quote family high-income family low-income family no matter that you grew up with brown skin and your mama was white your daddy's black and now you're mellow or whatever it is it doesn't matter if you if you have not received him the word of god labels you lost confused in darkness the apostle paul said you know there's something that levels the playing field for everybody all of us come to Jesus the same way. Got to ask you a question. If every one of us, it takes repentance, a denial of trusting in anything about you. I don't trust that I've done good things. It won't save me. I'm not trusting that, you know, I made good grades. It won't save you. When I'm trusting that, you know, my mom was a Christian, my daddy was a Christian, that won't save you. Your mom and daddy could grow up in church every day of their life. You don't automatically get in because they went to church. It's not a privilege that's handed down by a card. I grew up in church, slept under the pew all my life. But you know what? Like a car in a garage. Listen to me if a person stood in that garage, they don't become a car. It's the same way with salvation. And the Apostle Paul said, You know, all of us who are boasting about our our circumstance, our color, our gender, and this culture has worked over time to make women higher than men and men lower than women. This culture has worked over time to somehow villainize everything male and, 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 and sanctify everything that's female. I want to tell you something. When the gospel comes and deals with you personally where you are with God, I want to tell you, it levels everything flat. The Apostle Paul said, "When we come into Christ, we come." in like we are needing salvation and without hope in the world without hope Ephesians makes it clear that we are strangers from the covenants of promise, separated from the living God, doesn't matter who you are, Paul said I weep for my own countrymen who are Jews, God chose to bless the world through Jews and the very Jews that God chose to bless the world through the law he gave, that law cannot save them the law is good but it doesn't have the power to save you because every person must come willingly and get forgiveness from God and if you have not received forgiveness from God you probably don't have the ability to forgive anybody else all of us who've had negative things happen to us from others of others uh, others from other cultures everything that's happened to us rejection every prejudicial slur Every corner conversation about you, excluding you. Those who said you can't come in here because you are. I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, it is the gospel that not only levels the playing field in his kingdom, but gives you the power to forgive those who mistreated you. I want to say so much more about that, but you know what? Honestly, our time is up. But I want to say this to you in closing. If you have not received forgiveness for your personal sin, for your rebellion against God, for your ability to go and you use the ability to go your own way and do your own thing apart from God. If you have not dealt with the rebellion inside of you, you know what to do is right, but you just hang on. If you've not dealt with that by the precious blood of Jesus, then it doesn't matter. It, you know, it, the, the place that God has kept for those who have not repented, is going to be the most segregated place in the world. And so he offers it, in the apostle Paul in his letter, he offers it to everyone. It is by forgiveness and the shedding of blood, the forgiveness of sins, that you are exonerated And now he does more than that. He does not not only does he exonerate you and forgive you and treat you like you never ever sinned before. He puts you in a new category. He puts you in a new family. He says this. Now all of us are sons of God and daughters of God I want to say so much more about this I wish I had a situation where I could just sit and talk like I really want to talk but they're waiting for me to get off so hey God y'all who are listening to me today listen to me it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is melanin does not determine your status in the kingdom money does not determine your status in the God's kingdom I want to tell you whether you have something that protrudes or whether you have something that's flat your gender does not deep Lord have mercy What determines is your heart. Bow your heads. Those of you that are with us out there, pray with me, would you? Because there are those of you listening to me that you've, you've missed the whole point. You think the whole thing is about race. No, really, it's about Christ. And he wants to come and invade your life. He's waiting for your voice, waiting for your heart to say, Lord, I want to serve you. I, forgive me. Forgive me for my own personal prejudices according to the way I've grown up and the pain and the, and, the, and the fear and the rejection that I have experienced. Father, I take all of that today and I place it before you, before your cross. That for which you died, Lord, I accept. And I don't have to walk away with this baggage anymore. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you give grace for every person praying here today to unload their baggage that they might be free and that they might be a light for you. Would you do it? If you pray the prayer to ask the Lord, you have to ask him because he, he requires that you ask him. If you ask him to do it, he will do it. If you've been praying something like that, stand on your feet and lift your hands to the Lord. And that's okay. You can do that right now. If you've been praying something like, the Lord, I want you to free me. Then just stand on your feet and lift your hands to the Lord. That's it. And those of you that are online with us, I want you just to receive in the name of Jesus, the grace of God as jesus said to that man who was paralyzed he said friend your sins are forgiven and may that be the word to you today your sins are forgiven you are a new creature in christ i thank you for it i praise you for it in jesus name amen